Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to episode 29 of From the Den, where today we're going to be discussing very interesting week six and exciting week seven with plenty fun games. Yeah, we're a little bit strained for time, and also we want to spend more time talking about the Bears. So instead, this week, we're just going to be doing our week six takeaways and then our predictions for week seven. Also, we're recording this on Sunday, October 25th, right about an hour, a little less than an hour and a half before the 12 o'clock or 12 o'clock central time game start. So that means that we did miss the Eagles Giants game, but we'll get into that. We're going to go by the honor code here. So, um, or and you can give me some of your week six takeaways. Just give me your first one. Um, my first week one takeaway is six. You mean, but yeah, week six. Yes, my first week six takeaway is I thought the Vikings were just losing to bad teams, but I feel like this game really shows that they're just not a quality team. All right, that's one takeaway. Mm-hmm. Second takeaway is Steelers are very good, and the Browns might not be as good as we thought they were. I think that I said something in the last podcast, and it said like I said the Browns are doing so well without Baker Mayfield playing well. So think about how good they can be. But also it's like, think about how, how, how. Yeah. It means that maybe they were just feeding off of luck in that. One yeah. How, how hard, was, yeah. How hard it last time win against good teams without good quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to talk about the bears. You know what? The Patriots aren't that for real. They started off the year. I think they were like, they look pretty for real. They're not mm-hmm. that for real. Um, the Packers can be beaten. They can be beaten. And they seem a lot less scary now after last week. And the Buccaneers are a really good team. The Cowboys um, are very, very, very bad. Like they just cannot put up points. And the Rams are beatable. And the 49ers aren't out of the playoff contention yet. Um, yeah, there's a lot of those are basically what I was going to say. But one thing I'll say, um, Titans are legit. I know that you like to hate on the Titans. And I feel like you're probably still going to hate on the Titans. Titans are legit. I know they pull off a victory against the Texans, but it shows that they have the uh, offensive firepower to stay in contention with one of the best offenses in the league. Even though the Texans are bad, they still have a great offense. So, yeah, I agree with what you said about the Falcons. I think the Browns last week, we were saying, you know, we were sleeping on the Browns, but I still picked the Steelers to beat the Browns, and I think that makes sense. The Browns are still going to be the Browns, and I think that shows this is my takeaway for this year with the Browns that maybe they'll make the playoffs. Maybe they'll go, you know, nine and seven, 10 and six, but they're still going to lose games like these. And they don't seem like an elite or top tier team just yet. Um, as for the Patriots, I think it's a reasonable argument to say the Patriots are below are a below average football team right now. Uh, I think that's working better for what you predicted at the start of the season than I did. You know, the first few games, they look very good. And then maybe uh, the COVID scares and Cam Newton getting COVID, shifted their team maybe they can get it back on track after having steady more steady quarterback play but uh this is a great win for the broncos shocking uh the jets are an absolute dumpster fire and i think my takeaway for them is that they might even be worse than the zero and 16 browns but that it's a long shot but they're just they just got shut out by the dolphins yeah that's terrible uh like you were saying packers are definitely beatable and i think as for the Buccaneers, we'll get into this, but I think the Buccaneers have a legitimate chance of making the Super Bowl this year because um, when it all clicks, I think it can be incredibly dangerous, especially with the new signing of Antonio Brown. 
Uh, as for the 49ers, I was ready to count them out, but they're still a well-coached team. That was still kind of a sloppy game, so I'll be interested to see how the dynamic continues to play out in the NFC West. Uh, Chiefs are the Chiefs, and like you were saying, the Cowboys are not good at all, but they are in the worst division in the NFL, so they could still make the playoffs. Cardinals, again, what an amazing division that is. It will be very interesting, and the Cardinals get have highs and lows. This is an incredible high for them. So I think the, the Cardinals, I guess my takeaway, they have a lot of potential, but I'm not ready to think of them as elite either just because Kyler Murray's got a turnover prone. All right, All on right. to week seven. On to week seven predictions. Me and Benjamin did text each other, and we both picked the Eagles before the game. Yeah, so I know we, that. I was kind of hoping that one of us or both of us would be wrong so that we could go by the, you know, because no one's going to say that they were wrong about this. So it would be obvious that we were truly going, like that we really did pick it before. But I swear to you guys, we think we both picked the Eagles to win before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was thinking about the Giants, but I just went with the Eagles. Yeah, I know. I, Giants, you know, it wouldn't have been a terrible pick. It's a close game, and they're two pretty sloppy teams, but yeah, I went with the Eagles too. So we got, right. we're both starting off 1-0. and That's yeah. good. Or we'll take it off the Saints. Um, I'll start off. Give me the Panthers. I'm going upset. No, no Mike Thomas. No Emmanuel. Thomas. Oh, you're right. You're actually right. Yeah. Mike Thomas, right. Mike Thomas might not play against the Bears. Like it's like, yeah, a, yeah. It's like a real like concern. Mm-hmm. No Mike Thomas. No Emmanuel Sanders. I just think that this Panthers team. I know the last week. I I watched the Panthers play. They might not be an elite team, but they but have they a good offense. Like, yeah. They looked like they had a bad game and they still played well. Like I I felt like they had a bad game and still competed with the Bears, who I think are a good team. And I think that the Panthers are going to come out and say. Don't don't forget about us. We're still a playoff caliber team, like a perennial, like a seven seed, maybe an eight seed. Yeah. And we want to compete. And I think the Saints are gonna come out and say, Oh, it's just this the Panthers. Also, Teddy Bridgewater has revenge. Yeah. Man, I was considering picking the Panthers, but I gotta be a contrarian. So I'm gonna go with the Saints here. I think that they're more of a although they're on a downward trend, they're still a more experienced team. And I don't think they're going to let themselves slide to three and three. The Panthers are a well-coached team as well, but Matt Rule drops his second straight here. Uh, I think Drew Brees has a lot to prove right now since he's been getting a lot of hate rate lately. I think he can pull something off and have himself a good game. Uh, the defense can play well, get a few crucial stops, and the Saints pull off a win here, which might even be, you know, you're saying that the Panthers was an upset. I think the Saints... This game is probably, I'd have to check the line on the game, but I'd guess that it's pretty close. They're closer than you'd expect, considering yeah. the injuries, the Panthers are an upward trend, and Saints are on a downward trend. Uh, yeah. On to Bills-Jets. I'm going to pick the Bills moving on. On to I'm Brad- going <laughs> to pick the Jets because just, no, I'm joking. I'm picking the Bills. Okay, I don't even want to talk about that. On to Browns-Bengals. This is actually an interesting game. Really? Um, this is interesting? Interesting. What? I, I don't know. Um it's interesting that Browns Bengals is a, it's the Battle of Ohio. Yeah, I I mean I, I think Browns are the superior roster wise. Um, who won the first Browns Bengals? I don't think they played yet. Yeah, they have. I'm sure they have. Really? Uh huh. I missed. It was thirty to thirty five on nine seventeen. Yes, that was a actually like a way closer game than I expected. Honestly, do the Browns drop two straight here? This is a good question because Joe Burrow, they're both not great quarterbacks. I mean, if you're looking at the Browns roster, roster-wise alone, um, they're a better roster. What's what is the Browns' record? You know, in my original predictions, I had the Bengals beating the Browns one year, one game. 
you know what? Give me the Bengals. Why not? Give me the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow could have himself a game. This defense is bad. Baker's coming off a bad loss. Uh, the Bengals defense is probably worse than the Browns defense, but still, uh, I don't have enough faith in the Browns. I think Joe Burrow gets an inspiring win here against the Cleveland Browns. Give me the Bengals. I'm taking the Browns. They're just a superior team, and they understand that they need to win this game. Because mm-hmm. if you lose this game, not only is, is it a division game, but it's a game that you need to win. So it must. It's a. It's a game that you can't lose because those those games where you play worst teams are so important because if you can't capitalize on those, then you're never going to be a playoff team, no matter how well you play against good teams. Mm-hmm. Now, this okay. is a very interesting game coming up. I agree. Can. Cowboys football team. You know what? I'm going to take the Cowboys. I don't know why I still have faith in the Cowboys. Not faith, but they have such a terrible defense, but I really can't see Kyle Allen and the Redskins, the football team, I'm sorry, the football team doing better than doing yeah, this. Um, I'd like to look back on my picks at the start of the year. I feel like I've picked the Cowboys a lot to win because they just have such a great roster. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They have a great- before Dak Prescott was there, but it looked like they might have been able to put it all together. I think I'm, a, I'm also going to want to go with the Cowboys again. I could see, you know, I do like Washington's defense, like I said, but just generally I think the Cowboys are a better managed team they're still going to have more to, more motivation than this kind of sad Washington team. And I think that the Cowboys offense can click after a very embarrassed, you know, it was Andy Dalton's first time at the helm in the Arizona game. They have an entire week to kind of sort out the offense and have, make it work under Andy Dalton. And I think that they are going to, they still have a good offensive roster, three great wide receivers in CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, plus Ezekiel Elliott. So they still have a good roster, even if it's without, Dak Prescott and with this whole week to sort something together I think that they can have an offensive boost and the Cowboys will get the win I agree uh, Packers Texans I'm gonna go with the Packers here they're coming off is this will be I think this might be an exciting game a shootout uh maybe a lot of fantasy points on both sides uh both ends of the spectrum here but Aaron Rodgers is coming off a bad loss he doesn't lose two in a row very much. I don't know if that's true, but it just sounds like something that's true. Um, this Texans true. are doing a little better after the firing of Bill O'Brien since they just, or no, actually they didn't beat the Titans, but they still, they played the Titans close. Um, but the Packers aren't going to drop too straight here as much as I would like that to happen. Give me the Packers. While I, while if I were to pick the over under, I would, I would say that the game is going to be way closer than people are expecting it to be. Well, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring, maybe some trash time and whatever. I, I do pick the Packers, but let's get this straight. I would not be surprised if the Texans won this game. I understand what you're saying, yeah, because Packers the, Packers, are, the Packers are without David Bakhtiari, their, their best offensive lineman. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. J.J. Watt is going to be going, I think, one-on-one against their backup left tackle. Mm-hmm. And the only way to beat the Packers is to get pressure. What happens when you put J.J. Watt against your best against your backup left tackle? Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so I guess I could understand what you're saying. It will be close, but I just expect a lot of, just in terms of the score, I think this could be one of those games where it's close a lot of the time, but then a team pulls out with like two touchdowns because I think it's going to be one of those rapid fire back and forth scoring games. So I think maybe the final score will not indicate how close the game actually was, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. It could be going back and forth for a while, but since it's so high scoring, you know, a team gets two touchdowns at the end and that's it. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, so Lions Falcons, interesting game Falcons coming off of a amazing win. Their first win of the season against the Vikings. 
Um, Lions, I mean, I'd like to hope the Lions are a better team. Of course, these are <laughs> the funny, funny matchup here at the tail, the two most underperforming teams in the NFL, you could argue. Uh, I'm going to roll with the Lions here. They're more of a complete team. I think that the Lions, they're both a bad defenses. I think the Falcons defense is worse and the Falcons have more offensive weapons, but they can, I think the Lions are just more of a well-managed team. But I could definitely see the uh, Falcons pulling it out. And I think this game will be pretty exciting considering the team's records. Definitely two teams with uh, talent better than their records. The game will end with more than 60 points scored. I don't think that that's that bold. But That's like, interesting. I think I'd go with like 55. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think that this game is going to be a tight game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick the Lions as like like you did. Because I think if you really look at the games the Lions have lost, they lost to the Bears to the Packers, and they lost to another good team, I think. The Lions have lost to the Bears, Packers. They beat the Cardinals. They, they beat the Cardinals? Yes. They lost I'm going to the uh, go find it one second. Oh, they lost to the Saints. So, really, they played four hard teams, and, mm-hmm. they, and they played one easy team in the Jaguars. So, I mean, this is an easy game, and I think that they'll be able to come out and win. Yeah, but also, you know, you never know with the Lions, so we'll just have to see. You're 100% right. Game of the week. I think game of the week. Titans-Steelers. Yeah, of course it's a game of the week. One of these teams will end this week without having a undefeated record. Yeah, well, we'll end the week with one less undefeated team. Who will that be? Because I think that, I mean, you can look at it in two spectrums, right? The Titans have such a good run game. Ryan Tannehill is working off, working so well off of Tannehill's run game. Derek, you meant Derek? I don't know what you said, but yeah. I would just and their defense might not be elite, but I think that the Titans just offense is really, really, really working so well and utilizing their players to their fullest potential. Yeah, I, that's what we were we were discussing this a few days ago. How Ryan Tannehill was able to get all these yards. Uh, something I, I just really love the Titans offense. Honestly, when I watch them, it just it's very well executed. You can tell in that they they love to run it off the play action. They have these wide like Tannehill will be stretching out his arm wide, and I can just imagine that if you're a defender, it's hard to tell whether, you know, you give the ball to Derrick Henry, he's an explosive back. If you try to, like, anticipate the play, play action, then Derrick Henry is just going to explode on you. But if you totally bite on Derrick Henry, then they'll go play action and then throw it to A.J. Brown, like, 30 yards down the field. So I really love that uh, game plan. I think it's very well executed. Yeah, but I have to pick the Steelers. Even though I boasted so much about the Titans, I'm picking the Steelers. Mm-hmm. The Steelers have an amazing defensive line. who will be able to slow down, not stop, but slow down Derrick Henry. All right, with a slowing down Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill is still a good quarterback, but I don't know if he's good enough to compete with the Steelers' offense. Yeah, um, I think that also both of these teams have been in their fair share of close games. The Steelers have had more dominant performances, I'd say. The Titans came out with, but probably the most impressive victory between the two teams has been the Titans obliterating the Bills. Very impressive from them, but also the Titans have been involved in close games with the Vikings. And the tech and the Texans recently. So I'm saying, I mean, every team in the NFL looks beatable. These teams, of course, are the top tier, but they still are beatable in some sense. Um, man, this is a very interesting matchup because I, I love the Steelers defense. I, Steelers defense is better, but the Titans offense is better. But I think that that Steelers defense is just stifling enough that it can stop the Titans. Hmm. Or do I want to pick the Titans? 
I feel like you want to pick the tight end. I, okay, you know what? My gut's telling me the Titans. I should be wearing the Ryan Tannehill jersey right now. That's all right. I, you know, I've been riding this Titans bandwagon, even though I picked them only go to like nine and seven. I, you know, I just love the Titans. I don't know why. I like what they do. Give me the Titans. As much as I could see that uh, Steelers team, that Steelers defense being stifling, I think the Titans, they're good enough, that, and Mike Brable will know what he's doing. Two great coaches, by the way. Um, Battle of the Mikes. Um, he'll, he knows what he's doing. He'll be able to game plan well for this. And the Titans' defense is not actually that bad. Give me the Titans with the win. All right. So Wait, before- who's, who's, uh, who's favorite to win this game? I'm not sure. Right. Um, I'm assuming probably just the home team by very little. But the home team doesn't even matter that much anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, here, you go with your prediction first. Okay, yeah, I got you. Um, so moving on to Buccaneers Raiders, I do love the Raiders to pick a good upset, but the Buccaneers are riding off of so much hype. Also, this Raiders defense is one of the worst in terms of uh, they have one of the worst run defenses. Uh, I think Ronald Jones has himself a good day. I'm kind of laughing as I say that because he is on my fantasy team this week and I'm starting him. But uh, this Buccaneers offense is too overpowered for this weak Raiders defense. Uh, the Buccaneers match up very well with the Raiders because, I mean, the Buccaneers just have a great offense and a great defense. I think they're great in the first quarter. They can come out striking early and then they can get a force a few turnovers from Derek Carr and fumbles give me the win with the Buccaneers. And I don't even know if it'll be close. So I'm going to take you back a while. All right. Here we go. Um, 2001. All right. Mm -hmm. Actually not 2001, Mm -hmm. 2002. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady wins his first Super Bowl. Yep. 2003. 2003 is um, 2003. The Super Bowl goes between John Gruden Oh, you're talking about the uh, 2003 is when the, play, the fumble, the whole no, what's it called? The fumble no, play. So 2000, I think it was 2001. Mm-hmm. Was the tuck the the tuck rule where Tom Brady fumbled the yeah, ball? Yeah, that's it. The tuck rule, yeah. Right, and I think after that year or the year after, the Raiders traded John Gruden from the Raiders to the Buccaneers. Then in the Super Bowl, the Raiders played the Buccaneers with Gruden as the Buccaneers coach, and the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. Now, now Gruden is back on the Raiders, but I'm taking the Buccaneers on this one. <laughs> After all of that setup, you're just gonna agree with me. I am just gonna agree with you. I know. I I really wanted to pick the Raiders, but then I realized it didn't make any sense. I know it's a very historic and you know it'll be a great revenge game. But I think that John Gruden already got his revenge game against the Chiefs because he he was talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is that all you got to say? We can move on here. I've got to say, move on. I don't really think this game is such a conversation, but. Yeah, Chiefs-Broncos. Broncos looked good, I'd say, but really just Brandon McManus who looked good. Um, I think that the the Broncos beating the Patriots says as much, if not more, about the Patriots having a bad offense than it does about this Broncos team. I mean, all kudos to the Broncos team for being able to put together a win against the Patriots when they're injured. But I still think when they beat the Patriots, they only put up 18 points. They don't have enough offense right now did drew lock play against the patriots yeah the well still the broncos don't have enough offense right now to contest with the chiefs even and although the broncos do have a very good run defense you know it's still patrick mahomes the chiefs are going to put up 25 plus points pretty much every game 
So give me the Chiefs. Yeah, give me the Chiefs. All right. Uh, do you want to go? Sure, onto Chargers, Jaguars. I'm just telling you before you make your pick, Gardner Minshew could be benched if he has a bad game. For who? Just so that they can tank? Their backup quarterback. I don't really know who he is. I'll look. Let me see. That is interesting. Maybe it's probably just so that they can tank. Remember when we all thought the Jaguars were legit after week one? That was funny. That was funny. That was uh, funny. I can I can give my prediction while you're looking it up or whatever. Yes. Um, so, it's sixth-round pick Jake Luton out of Oregon State. Maybe he can be the next Gardner Minshew. Maybe he can, but I feel like that's also kind of funny that you're benching the Gardner Minshew for the new Gardner Minshew. But. Yeah, well, I think – I mean, I'm going to guess that the purpose here is they're just trying – like they're they're gonna move on from Gardner anyway. They're gonna bench him. They're gonna put in this guy Tank because they don't want to be a middle of the pack. Like it's it's kind of bad for the Jaguars with this. If Gardner Minshew has a really hot season, it's just one thing, and they end up middle of the pack. They don't get a good draft pick, and then they just stay mediocre or below average for a long time, rather yeah. than having one bad season and being able to move on from there. That's fair. Um, so anyway, about Jaguars Chargers, I mentioned that Justin Herbert hasn't had a win yet but to be fair he's also had to play drew Brees, tom brady and aaron Rodgers. the only guy who's had to play like some stat about he's the only guy who's had to play like that tough competition or like the super bowl mvps or mvps in his first few starts this time he gets to play even a harder competition in gardner Minshew or even jake or whatever his name is no i'm just kidding um jaguars defense is bad of course not what it was like three years ago in 2017 um Justin Herbert has been great. He's had like either 300 yards or three touchdowns or something like that in every game. He loves a deep ball. He's looking good out here as a rookie. I think I was wrong about him being a bust. And in this game, he's going to really explode. Give me the Chargers in a pretty big win. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a big win, but give me the Chargers. All right. Uh, 49ers-Patriots, very interesting game for the Patriots to show if they have any juice left or they're really just a below average team. Also the 49ers have been playing sloppy lately, but they've been able to get it done against the Rams, the Rams and did they lose to the Eagles? Um, I'm forgetting. Yeah. They lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Eagles. The Eagles won really. Yeah. Pretty sure. 49ers. How do I not remember that? Pretty sure. Yep, 25 to 20, because I remember on the last drive, that, that was the game where they put in C.J. Beathard on the last drive and yes. running it. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, they've been playing some sloppy football lately, and it's still and it is the Patriots. Hmm. You go first. All right. What you're forgetting about this game is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come back to New England – Ball out and win it for the 49ers. Give me Jimmy G. I think that that was a pretty long time ago. I mean, that was three, four years ago you're talking about because he got – he was on so, New England. He got – he went he went to San Francisco, got injured for a year, then played, and they made a Super Bowl, and now it's the third year, I'd like to say. So – He got traded in the middle of the year before he got hurt. Yeah, so it's been a pretty long time since he was on New England. Um, so I don't – I mean, of course there's going to be some graphic about that because – there's always a graphic about revenge games, but I don't think that that'll play a factor. I think it's fair to say that the 49ers get the win, but I'm going to go with the Patriots just because they are the Patriots. They're definitely on a downward trend, and this offense does not look very reliable, but who knows? Maybe Bill Belichick can pull something out of the back of his 
sleeve. I don't know what the expression is, but yeah, give me, give me the Patriots. Not, not a very sexy pick. I must admit myself. I think this game will be, I hope this game isn't as sloppy as it's going to look like it's it'll be, but we'll find out. Yes, All right. And moving on, this game is not going to be sloppy. This will be a little sexy game. <laughs> All right, on to Cardinal Seahawks. I saw an interesting statistic where it showed that Russell Wilson plays a lot better in Arizona than he does in Seattle when he plays against the Cardinals. I found that very weird. Well, how many times has he played the – oh, I guess. guess Never mind, because they're divisional opponents. Like eight years. Yeah, so they play like – oh, okay, that's interesting. So you know what – Where are they? Are they in Seattle or Arizona? They're in Arizona. Give me Seattle. I mean, yeah, you didn't need the statistics to show that Seattle was a better team. Um, and they're both pretty similar teams, which is that there's not even any matchup advantage for Arizona. Just good offense, bad defense. I'd say their defenses are pretty similar, but Russell Wilson is just a more high-powered guy, especially because Kyler Murray is very turnover-prone. Um, basically, I'm saying the Seahawks and Cardinals are the same team, but Seahawks are a better version of that. So I got I don't really see the Cardinals winning. Got to go with the Seahawks. Now, okay, moving on to Bears discussion. Ah, Bears. Ah, Bears. Ah, Bears. We're five and one, baby. Clap it How's up. How's it feel, Orin? How's it feel? First, first thought. Very good. Very I, good. I, I, every single week, I watch videos of the of what people say about the Bears. Yep. Finally, this week we get we got respect. Finally, we're really? getting respect. Really? What? What are people saying? Hey, look, maybe they're not the worst team in the NFL. No, people are saying, gonna, like, they might not be you the know, best. You every best. single, like, there's, like, CBS picks or NFL Network when it was Bears, Bucks, and every single guy picked the Bucks. Yeah. It just made me happy. I think it was on a video I sent you. I just yeah. made me very happy. And um, if you, like, think about it, right, the Bucks game, oh, that was a fluke. It's all about that Colts game where they lost by so by They lost by, to the Colts by, it's, it was one possession, but technically it was, like, really two. It was, it was, it was a bad game. That was it, was, it wasn't actually, it was a very bad game, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and this. And I think that people saw in this Panthers game that, wow, they beat a solid Panthers team mm-hmm. away with a handily defensive performance. Oh, I, that was the best defensive performance of the year, no doubt. 100%. And I think that that really show, helps me. Like, I think as time goes on, what's making me really like more confident about this Bears team is that they seem to be improving on most aspects. Like, you could like they, their defense seems to be improving week by week. Think about it; they let up like twenty five or twenty seven to the the Lions, right? And I guess they played well against the Giants, but then they let up a lot to the Falcons. Then they, it kind of clicked to the Colts game. Colts they let up a little bit. Buccaneers they really shut them down. Panthers they were on fire, right? If you look mm-hmm. Nick Foles, I would say his best game was this Panthers game. Honestly, he made he didn't make that many. Yeah, mistakes. I mean, because well, you can't really count the Falcons as a game. No, you can't count the Falcons. Falcons as a game, right? The worst game was the Colts. But I think maybe arguably his worst play as a bear was that interception again. Interception, 100%. But if you take out that interception, can you really think of a lot of mistakes he made? That's the only mistake I can think that he made. Um, Missing throws, all of this. That's the only real mistake. Yeah, he looked, he looked very off the mark in like the Tampa Bay game, I'd say. And, and the Colts game. The Colts game, he looked the most. The Tampa Bay game, he looked better. He didn't Tampa look Bay game, he was he made- so-so. <laughs> I think the thing about Nick Foles is that he just gets the job done. Yeah. Um, and that's what he's kind of here to do. That's what the Bears need. That's why he fits more as a Bears ideal quarterback than Trubisky because you don't need a guy who's going to throw you like five touchdowns and then throw a bunch of interceptions. You just need a guy who can be able to get it in the – so with his Bears defense, is going to have good field position anyway. So they need a guy who's 
can get them within field goal range, can get them, can punch a ball in the end zone uh, when they have it close to the goal line, like they did in the Panthers game. Fortunately, they got it in the end zone, but having to, you know, it was, it was third and nine and they, and it was, it started off as maybe first and four, four at the goal line. I mean, Oh, ugly. Oh, yeah, my very, so they, it was a very ugly way to punch the ball in the end zone. But my point here is that it's still good that although the only quarter, the quarterback, the bears need is someone who can get the ball in the end zone when the defense gives them good possession, gives them good field position, because this is a team that will forever be propelled by its defense um, so the ideal quarterback is just someone who can take what the defense gives them uh, and move off of that. And I think that Foles is showing he can do that. Also, Foles is looking like much more of a leader than Trubisky ever was. Like I was saying, Trubisky a lot of the time kind of looks sad. Uh, he didn't look like a leader. There's a video of Foles bouncing up and down. I think he knows what he's got with his team. Um, Trubisky was a leader. I just don't think he was very confident. And I think that Having Foles in the game it, like exudes confidence to everyone else on the team. While having Trubisky in the game is just a different feeling. While both of them are leaders in the sense that they're both going to be the person to go up to someone and say and confront them and say something like "You need to do this better" or "This" and really be take hold of this offense. I think the difference between Trubisky and Foles is that when you're in the huddle with Trubisky, you can feel his. You can just feel him worried, right? His nerves, yeah that exudes right that that's exactly yeah it's it's about the leadership when you're the quarterback what you do reflects onto your teammates if you're Jay Cutler out there swearing out your teammates it's probably not a good culture you've got going on and I think that Nick Foles is establishing this winning culture like he said that there's a good sense and they have trust in their boys and that's great and also you know I just I was listening to some stuff that gives me a lot of hope about well one something interesting I heard Alan Robinson was interviewed and he was asking the biggest difference between it was asked the biggest difference between Trubisky and Nick Foles and Al Robinson was just saying uh, Nick Foles has like a way that he likes to do things and you just got to get used to that. And I think that's good that he knows how he rolls. He knows what, uh, what works for him best. And I think once the offense becomes accommodated to that, that can be very good. Um, also that also that quote also goes to show that like, obviously there's going to be like, pain it's going to take like a few weeks for them to really like snap and like become better but you can tell like every single week he starts he's gotten better like even the Buccaneers game I'd say he was he was a below average quarterback Colts game he was terrible and I would say the Buccaneers and the Panthers game he was an average quarterback Mm -hmm. and I mean I'm not saying he's going to become an elite quarterback but I mean clearly every week if he's getting better once he starts playing hard competition I think he'll actually be able to succeed and I think that the good thing about having Foles in and him succeeding is it takes so much pressure off the defense. I, I just feel like this could really, really, really help the defense because they don't need to do as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll yeah. see. Um, also, just kind of a fun thing. I, I was listening to an interview, I'm pretty sure it was of Charles Leno. And he was saying, like, sometimes in the huddle at practice, <laughs> Foles would just be like, hey, I love you, man. <laughs> I like that. That's a very, it shows they got a good culture going on. Uh, we can discuss some of the negatives here, but I, again, it feels good to be five and one, no matter how you get there, wins a win. I know you got to be cautious and that they're not going to be able to contend with this lackluster offense, but the fact of the matter is they've been able to do it thus far. It's always better to improve, but for now it does, it still feels good to be five and one. Um, as for Matt Nagy, I'm really up and down about him. I, I mean, I have, warring thoughts uh, conflicting opinions regarding him because i think first of all undeniably he's done a great job for this culture 
Uh, he talks about the winning culture, and I definitely believe that. I see that these guys are having fun. They're liking each other. Uh, another little factoid is that apparently right after Eddie Jackson got that pick six that was called back in the Panthers game, they're ready to do like this organized. The Bears defense was ready to do like this routine that they had planned out, but then they got called back. So I'm excited to see if they you know, pull out a nice, a nice dance. That's always fun. Uh, that just contributes to that. This team's out here having fun, and that's one of the main differences between the, this team and the 2019 team. Uh, the 2018 team you could see was out there having fun. I think that you were talking about that the mentality changed from being an underdog to a contender. And once it's always, it's better to have that underdog mentality. So I think that maybe the fact that people weren't taking them seriously kind of fuels into uh, their motivation, but I got a little sidetrack there, but as for Nagy, I think he's definitely contributing to the culture. I'm still not sure about his play calling ability because I've seen things that said he's a good play caller. And I'm just based on the eye test alone. I've seen things that he's, he's a bad play caller. I mean, if you're, you're, you're looking at him play, I mean, you look at the, if you're just using the eye test alone, they're not a very good passing offense. They're not a good offense in general. So I think that that alone could show you he's not the best coach right now. He's not the best play caller. You go a bit more in depth, you show who's calling the right plays and this and that. But still, I think some of it has to be some of the lack of success that definitely has to be on Nagy. And then also, you know, like there's still a 29th passing offense and very low passing offense and run offense, I'd say. Um, and definitely some of that has to be attributed to Nagy. So I'm kind of conflicted, but for now they are five and one, like I keep saying. Um, also, I saw some things that they're like average, according to some statistics in like run pass blocking and run blocking. I mean, it'd be better if I could actually pull up the statistic here, but Again, that doesn't pass the eye test. It was just something interesting that the blocking isn't as bad as we were saying, but I'm not sure. I was I was like looking at the blocking in it. I mean, I was just looking at some random things and you could tell that Montgomery didn't really have anywhere to go. And that's why he's gaining a yard, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, like if we had like, like Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey, you would find a way to gain three or four yards. But we don't have them. And I think that, I don't know. But all, all I'm going to say is that I think that a good thing for this Bears defense is that I would say their only weakness, like their glaring weakness, was run defense. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they've improved that Mike Davis was on fire. We really slowed Mike Davis down. Even yeah, though yeah, I agree with we that. Can, we can look like it felt like he was gaining a lot of yards. Really, and cool. Akeem Hicks, I thought one play, Akeem Hicks shoved yeah. a Panthers line, uh, offensive lineman into Mike Davis for a tackle. That was insane. Yeah. That was insane because Akeem Hicks is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love Akeem Hicks. Yep. No, but um, the offense, what I think about this offense is that if they start to establish the run, which I'm not sure they can, right? I'm not sure they can establish the run, but I think that if you start doing running back screens, right, and you start running the ball and start doing like, you're able to run the ball. Yeah, I think he definitely has to be more creative in his play calling in terms of the run, especially because it's just running up the middle and that's not going to work enough. I'd like to see runs to the outside, like I was saying, some pitches, and I'd still like to see some fun. I know, you know, there's a fine line between having fun and creative play call and getting cute, but I think that there, I'd like to see Nagy be a little more creative. hundred percent. Like remember in 2018, it was already week four in the Buccaneers game. They put two quarterbacks in and they just tossed it to Taylor Gabriel. He ran for a two year touchdown. Just, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Cause it was just a, a whole trick. Really but then also the other thought process is you really need all that cuteness at the two yard line instead of just being able to punch it in with your running back. Then that's the flip side of the coin that 
if you're at the two yard line, you really have to do all that instead of just running it up straight up the gut. Like that shows that there might be a problem with your offensive line or running game. No, that's fair. But like, also like, who doesn't like to have fun? Like that's, I know fun. exactly. I understand. I understand it. If he gets you in the end zone, then it gets you in the end zone, but still, uh, like, and that kind of reminded me of maybe something the Chiefs will do. Maybe not with the two quarterbacks, but they love those flips near yeah. the goal line. Um, I mean, I think we can move on to the Bears Rams game now. Um, very interesting matchup. I think they're kind of similar teams in that they're propelled by their defense, have one of the best defensive ends or linebackers in the game. Very stout defenses. I think the matchup between Jalen Ramsey and Allen Robinson will be something to watch the whole game. I know you talk about they play zone and man, but whatever. It's still a matchup between Ramsey no. and Allen Robinson because last year I'm not, I'm not Robinson was held to only 15 yards. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened two years ago, to be honest, but this is also, it's like the third of their series and the third matchup of their series and the Bears pulled off the big win uh, in their 2018 campaign last year, the Rams beat them. Um, I think I, to cut to the chase here, I think I still got to go with the Rams um, because although the Bears offense might be kind of trending upward, the Rams just definitely have more talent on the offensive side of the ball and I think that they will be able it's not going to be a total shutout like it was in 2018 because the Bears defense hasn't shown that it's that dominant yet and this Rams offense I think that Sean McVay is through each year he's improving as a play caller um, he's also going to be able to run it up the gun and I think that maybe this Bears run defense that looked pretty good in the last game will become exploitable again so basically I think um the Bears do have a good defense and they'll hold the Rams to minimal points, but the Rams will still be able to get some touchdowns on the board. Um, and yeah, I'm not, I don't think the Bears offense will be fully clicked yet. And this Rams defense can put on pressure, get forced fumbles. They're a very good Rams defense. Yeah. The Rams, Rams have a better team on paper and are more, more well coached, but the Bears are going to win this game. Oh, really? That's your prediction? My prediction. Okay, it is five and one versus four and two, so it's not that crazy. But all the betting guys have got Rams winning too. By a lot. It's like seventy mm-hmm. percent ESPN, seventy percent Rams, twenty nine percent, twenty nine point like eight percent Bears. Like oh, because like point two percent tie. Yeah, or not point two percent. It just like or maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. The point is that what's it called? People are like very, very, very much underestimating the Bears. The Rams are a good team, but let's get this straight. It's not like the Rams are some like insane team that beat they beat the NFC East. That's all they've beaten, right? The Bears haven't beaten they beat them. all four teams in the NFC East. Yes, and they've That's lost. That's actually funny. And they're only two. Uh, they're only two. That's crazy that in the first six games they played. Wait, who do they play last week? Um, for Niners. So in their first five games, four of the teams they played were NFC East. Yeah, they, they played Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, which was a good game. Yeah, they. It's not like. They got blown out. They, I mean, it was a great comeback, but we're going to see. I think you were right in what you said at the start of the year. That we're going to see how the Bears came back from down 17. We're going to see a lot of those throughout the year just because you got to bring your own juice. And, yeah. And um, it's like the, the same coin. It's not like the Rams are some team that's proven themselves so much. The Bears haven't proven themselves that much either, right? They have, they're not like, oh, we're one of the best teams in the league but neither of the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Bears right now are being slept on so much more. The Bears feed off of that. And I yeah. can see the Bears coming in and winning this game. I think that Aaron Donald will be neutralized because... And, oh, also, by the way, this is my first um, 
first time picking against the Bears the whole year. It's kind yeah. of funny considering I, I'm usually there. Yeah, I think Aaron Donald can be neutralized. What does Nick Foles do best? Throw it short and quick, short throws, right? Mm-hmm. How do you neutralize Aaron Donald? Quick, short throws, right? That means yeah. he doesn't have time to get to the quarterback, right? Yep. They're able to keep – if they're able to run the ball a bit – I don't know if they'll be able to run the ball. They haven't shown that they can run the ball at all, and the Rams have a pretty good run defense, I think. Yeah, they, they have, like, an average to a bit above average run defense. But, I mean, even though they have a even though they have a solid run defense, right, I'm really not sure that this – what's it called? I'm really not sure that the run defense – that the Bears – I have a feeling the Bears will be able to get a few yards. Not They won't be able to dominate them. But I think the Bears are going to come out and actually be able to run the ball a bit. I don't know why I just have a gut feeling they'll be able to run the ball a bit against this team. Mm-hmm. They're just going to throw it short. No matter if that's three yards of carry, which is still bad, right? Mm-hmm. That's still gaining enough yard. That's still better than what they did against the Buccaneers and the Colts, right? Three yards per carry is better than what they did against the Buccaneers and Colts. Then that's just awful. That's just atrocious. 100% awful. Mm-hmm. But I think that they'll be able to run the ball. And Montgomery wasn't even that bad against the Buccaneers. I mean, I know that he did a lot of the work in the receiving game, but I feel like he had a few runs. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just misremembering. Yeah, I don't – I mean, he had a lot of good receptions. He also had a touchdown. But I think that the Bears will be able to neutralize um, – Bears will be able to neutralize what's it called? Donald. Donald, yeah. I think that this defense plays very good. I think Jared Goff's like has, like, stats against the Bears in the past two games, like zero touchdowns, five interceptions, like – Something yeah. crazy. Like, the Bears know how to stop. But also, again, the Rams have shifted over the offseason into more of a run-first team. They've got that three-headed monster, if you want to say. A little bit of an exaggeration with Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers. But still, they've got three pretty solid running backs on their team. And I think, like I said, they can get it going with the run game before they do the pass game. It is the Bears' most exploitable facet of the offense. And I think of their defense and I think once they do that and they can get the pass game going I don't know I just see the Rams as more of a complete team right now um I completely understand and if you, you want to put it this way you could say you know the drop between and this is debatable this is very debatable but maybe the drop between the Rams offense to the Bears offense is bigger than the drop between the Bears defense to Rams defense and I know that that yeah. little formula doesn't really say that much but that's just a little something to consider I guess I understand I, I understand where you're coming from. I just have a gut feeling that the Bears will pull out this win mm-hmm. and they're that going to prove to everyone that they are that a would be an exceptional win. That would be an amazing that would be, win. It would shut everyone up. No matter if the Bears won six to three, who cares? It would not shut everyone up, Or Have you seen there's hate there's hate throughout the entire year if you're a team? Okay, like okay. okay. Still, it, would, it would shut up a lot of people. It, would, it would shut people up if it was a statement win. But if, if you pull out a squeaker like against the uh, Buccaneers, even then there's going to be talk. The whole time, there's always going to be talk. Maybe, but I don't really think. I think that if they beat the Rams, and there's a really not a they, they, even the anti Bears people can't be like the Bears are still going to win seven games, six games. People I mean, it, like, yeah, it depends. It depends on the game. Always, I can't talk after, that much hypotheticals. People after the Buccaneers game were like, "Oh, clearly the Bears just won a fluke game. They're still going to." Yeah, win. that's what I'm saying. So I think that they, I think that people could still. I mean, it's a very hypothetical. We have to wait until after the game, so I don't even want to talk about that. But just basically. People could still say that depending Rams on the outcome of the game, team. whether it's completely dominant or... Yeah, the Rams are a good team. That's what we're going to say. And I think something very interesting that I'll just bring up really quickly. I was talking about this with Oren two days ago. Yeah. The term winning ugly usually connotes a, uh, a low-scoring defensive battle. But 
games where it's a, and you're talking about a game where it's a shootout where the teams are just going back and forth, like maybe Rams Chiefs a few years ugly. ago. No one calls that winning ugly. That's you know that's a fun, exciting game where both teams played their heart out. And while I understand uh, being able to put up that many points shows offensive dominance, it also shows that your defense played absolutely horrendous. Yeah, and, but that's not a called ugly. Now there's two. If you're playing in a low scoring game and it's only low scoring because the offense is throwing picks every, every down, they're just being terrible. Um, then I can understand why that's an ugly game, but if there's one defense that's just absolutely stifling, then I don't really see how that's much different from an offense having dominance. It's just defensive dominance versus offensive dominance. But I think that normally if you look at a low scoring game, it connotes to a team that, you know, can't get moving, even though hypothetically you're, you're saying it should be, defense should be just as important as off as as offense so i think that's also plays into some of the reasons why the bears don't get a lot of credit because if they play in a low scoring game then people think they won ugly here they can't put get together enough of an offense even though if your team uh puts up incredible offensive points but can't play defense you're lacking or at least should be lacking just as much as a team that has a stifling defense but not as good of an offense, but I do understand that generally teams with a good offense uh, are more are going to be more successful. But I'm just and saying, think, yeah. Think about this, right? If mm-hmm. a defense lets up 17 points, that's as dominant as an offense scoring 35. Just is. You buy by averages, it's 26. Yeah. You subtract it's 17. You subtract nine, and you add nine to the offense. That's 26 plus nine is 35. 26 minus nine is 17. Mm-hmm. Same thing, right? But people, when, when people, how many points did the Bears let up last week, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, no, that's not a good example. Um, <laughs> yeah. against yeah. The, Colts, the Colts, they let up 18 points against the Colts, right? Yeah. That's a good defensive day. But no, well, they let up 16 to the Panthers. Yeah, they let up 16. That's a pretty good up. example because they, they were how very dominant. Did, how much they let up against the Buccaneers? A great offense. 19. 19? That's just, What's that's the most they've let up all year? Was it, was it, was it Falcons or I think, but or I don't Lions? Even, I don't think they've let up above average. Uh, what's it called? I don't think that they've let up. Falcons, they let up 26 to the Falcons, and they let up probably, I would say, like 25 to the Lions. 23. So the most they've let up is league average. They haven't, they haven't the let The league up. average is 26 points per yes. game. I'm wow. fairly confident it's 26.3. Yeah, that's interesting. That's all right. Well, I think we're done with the podcast, but yeah, that'd be interesting. Again, I'd love to see the Bears win, love to see the Packers lose, but that's not my picks for this week. Prove yeah. me wrong, Bears. Prove me wrong, Packers. Um, Benjamin, yeah. you're, you're you're the Bears' motivation. Keep it up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Bear down. Bear down. Bye, guys. If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening and bear down.